Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and this is a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. I have a couple of friends at the table with me today. First of all, Brian. Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Brian has just Your voice an, is back, Brian. I know. <laughs> yeah. And he's had an amazing last couple of nights. DX Youth just kicked off. That's right. It yeah. was it was excellent to see you doing all that work for that, Brian. You and Jeremy and Quentin and Brandon, you guys did so well. Yeah. Some teens in there tonight. So many awesome team members helping out with that. Had a good friend, John Shelton from New Spring, come and bring the word tonight. And the kickoff kicked off. Excellent. Yeah. That's really exciting. And then, of course, you hear a familiar voice over there. My sister, Becca. Hey, guys. How's How's it going going? for you, Becca? Good, good. I just ran over here from... Life group since we had a different night. It was so good. I mean, we yeah. had such a good night. So, I mean, every night is, I mean, literally awesome. But we had just an awesome time of prayers, women. Um, good. So, yeah, I'm feeling really full and really excited to be here. Excellent. And we're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Docs of Dialogue podcast. I know Halloween is just around the corner. And yeah, are y'all week. getting ready for, what are, y- what are y'all doing for Halloween? Yeah, well, our life group is getting together. Yes. So we're going to have a little party. I don't know what I'm going to be yet. Do you guys know what you You know, I'm be? struggling. Yeah, I, I'm trying to find something that's <laughs> that's cheap. And, oh, yeah, uh, always, right? And yeah, yeah. You can always just use an old sheet and be a ghost. Classic. <laughs> right. Classic, yeah. Wear a flannel, be Wolverine or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I need some help out there, though. If any, any of you listeners have some quality suggestions of, uh, you know, not too expensive. That'd be great. What do you got, Brian? What do you um, got cooking over there? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, I guess, uh, me and Rachel are probably going to be like good old, uh, Captain America and, and Black Widow or. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, we could, we could go the Marvel route or, um. We could just stay in, watch a scary movie, eat a whole bunch of candy that we bought ourselves and <laughs> did not walk for. I yeah, really that's re- the best, really. Yeah, that's pretty tough to beat. I really respect the people that like go to some obscure movie from the 90s and like really pull that go off. Too. Those, yeah. Are yeah. The, those, those are, are the fun. scariest. Honestly, yeah. some people are so creative. I mean, I am not creative enough, but I think my kids are going to be... Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. So I think that's going to be pretty cute. So when you have kids, you can kind of hide behind their cute outfits. Yeah, so true. I do have a question. How old is too old to trick or treat? Uh, Oh, my word. I think it keeps changing. I I think the last time I trick or treated, I was... 22. Okay. Maybe. Okay. See, <laughs> no one cares. It's like, here's candy. Go ahead. Yeah. You're making me feel old by just asking that question because I really have no clue right now. Like when I was a kid, it's like when you were 12, you were done. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. It was like not, not cool anymore. to trick or treat after you, you were know, David, like maybe you could just like go again for like old times sake. Dude, I'm Well, there. you get to go with your kids, you no, know? It's like kids. Yeah. Yeah. No, all over yeah. again. And then yeah. you eat their candy. You let them have a piece of day. <laughs> Actually, we still have bucket two buckets full of candy from last year's Halloween. Oh, wow. The rest of the year, you're kids. I know. I know. It's a couple more years of that, we don't have to buy candy again. (laughs) But hey, I'm glad you tuned into the Halloween podcast. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. Just kidding. We're actually talking about something that you want to hear about, and that is the topic of singleness. We're going to start off today with Brian in our first posture. 
So when I started writing my posture for this week, my first thought was to just say a whole bunch of stuff like, hey, bro, if you want a girlfriend, then you have to be confident. You got to be funny. <laughs> you have to shower yeah. and smell good. And yeah, you just, you just have to be smooth. Oh, now, here's my top 10 pickup lines and my cologne recommendations. Go get them, tiger. <laughs> but then... Just what the people want to hear. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Self-help tips. To yes. Get a girl. But, then I, but then I really started thinking back to before I started dating Rachel, which just to catch you up to speed, I'm dating a girl named Rachel. She's awesome. But yes. uh, it really wasn't uh, that long ago that I was single. And I just started to begin to remember a lot of the crazy emotions that I had during my time of singleness. So mm -hmm. lots of questions, lots of unknowns. Uh, so today I want to speak to those who are single, who are ready not to be single, and who may have come across uh, some rejection a time or two in your mm -hmm. search for love, or mm. you know, maybe I should say acceptance, but yeah. I will come back to that. So yeah. just to get everybody up to speed, I have been in a relationship for about a year and a half now. And uh, so I'm currently dating the hottest woman on earth and her name is Rachel. We have she is a, pretty hot. Yes, she is. She's gorgeous. <laughs> she really is. I love Rachel. <laughs> but uh, we have a wonderful relationship that rivals that of even Jacob and Rachel in Genesis. Oh, wow. Like <laughs> yeah. I would work way more than seven years for this one <laughs> yes. because she is she just- she doesn't have a sister, does she? Uh, no. This no, is what all the single ladies want to hear. They just want to get jealous right now of, of Rachel. Oh, I yeah. just need O'Brien in my yeah. life. Yeah. Love me like that. Yeah. So, however, despite how like great all that may sound and how jealous everybody is right now, <laughs> it has not always been that way. There was mm. a time before I met Rachel that I remember being 23 years old. My longest relationship had only lasted about six months. I had been hurt by those relationships and had been left feeling unappreciated, taken for granted. And my confidence in myself had really just taken a tumble. Mm -hmm. And I would try to get back in the game with some women I was interested in. And then I would be met with swift rejection. And looking back, the reason that rejection was such a pattern in my life, and not to say that the girls I liked were like bad or anything. They were great. I mean, yeah. that's why I liked them. It's just that there was something about my approach, about my heart that just didn't seem to mesh. And every time I would get turned down for a date, it would just shatter my confidence completely. Mm. And as I started to explore why rejection had such an effect on me, I came to this conclusion. So... I let my value and self-worth be based on whether or not I was attached to someone and not mm. with the identity that God had given me and the worth mm. that God had given me. Mm. Because I found that what I really craved was not 100% a relationship. What I really craved was status. I craved acceptance and I craved above all else affirmation that I was an attractive, impressive, strong man. And I wanted all that to come from a beautiful woman when really everything I craved and said that I needed was right there in scripture. I want to read this really quick. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 says this. 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Mm. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That's beloved identity yeah, right there. Absolutely. absolutely. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I don't know about y'all, but like just reading this like gives me chills. Yeah. yeah. And this this goes beyond singleness. You know, it's everyone. It's yeah. really all of us need to hear that. Yeah. To anyone that just needs some acceptance right now, just know just from this passage that God has done so much more than just accept you. He has chosen you and adopted you through his own son. If you need affirmation that you are worth something, God calls you holy and blameless in his eyes. Mm -hmm. And when God sent his only son to die on a cross for you, that was the ultimate form of acceptance because God was saying, I don't care how dirty you are. I don't care how unlovable you are. I am choosing you as my love. And I'm going to save you from yourself at the expense of my own flesh and blood. You have a God-shaped hole inside of you where only I can fit perfectly. Mm -hmm. And listeners, when you fully begin to grasp this truth, that's when you become whole. Now, for those of you that know me, you know that I love analogies. (laughs) And I'm about to give you guys a good one. (laughs) So if you know anything about fruit... (laughs) You'll know recently it's become popular to crossbreed the seeds of fruit uh, to make hybrids. So I've seen like- Wow, did you know- Wait, I- I didn't know this. Oh, really? I feel I feel dumb again. But, <laughs> it's like uh, they're making strawberries and I can't. What's an example of what they're putting together? Pine pineapples. Strawberries and pineapples. Yeah. So, really? So they've got like plums and kumquats to oh, wow. make to make plum cots. That's Where have like, I been? That's a how, great how did I not idea. know about this? This is, sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah that, science. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they got like blood oranges and limes. Yeah. So it's that's like, okay. a good one. So it's like a lime, and then when yeah. you cut it open, it's like this blood orange like fruit, and you're like, whoa. Wow. What's happening? That's cool. When they go the, science. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Science and agriculture. It's amazing. But um, so in order to make these hybrid fruits, you have to do a lot with the pollen and the soil and you have to make sure it's the right temperature, all that stuff. But one thing that you'll be interested to know that is a requirement is that both of the fruits, um, they have to be fully ripened hmm. and they have to be mature on their own, like as mm. their base fruit first. So if you see where I'm getting at here, yeah. only then can you harvest the seeds and make something as amazing as a plum cot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they have to be ready. Exactly. That's so good. So understanding that maturity in oneself is, I mean, it's crucial if you're wanting to have a relationship and eventually a marriage that glorifies God. Absolutely. I mean, as much as we like to say, Say this about our significant others. God is not sending you out there to find your better half because God is already your whole everything. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and when good, you've Brian. grown and you've ripened yourself through Jesus Christ, it makes you compatible with others who have also been made complete yes. with God. And together, mm-hmm. when you meet that person, 
you can create something new, exciting, and so beautiful. So singleness, um, this topic uh, to me has a lot of facets, right? There's a lot Mm. of personal parts to it. And honestly, I don't feel super far removed from my single stage. You know, it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm getting old, <laughs> it's been about a decade. No. But I still remember so well the really unique challenges, you know, of this age and that stage of life. And I have a lot of close friends actually who are single and they're incredible people. And I'm also trying to walk through that season of life with them well, you know, so I feel like I'm still really kind of in this, you know, with a, with yeah. a lot of people, even though I married myself. And in thinking through this, I realized this topic is really about waiting for myself as I broaden the spectrum just a bit. You know, we're all waiting for something, mm-hmm. like all of the time. And so I think we can all be encouraged with some of these truths that, you know, they actually cross over to whatever topic we might be waiting for, whatever thing we want that we're waiting for. Uh, But back to singleness. So I think a definition that we kind of have to know about it is you're really single until you're married. Mm -hmm. So even if you're dating or, you know, or you're in a relationship, you're still waiting for that full final commitment uh, before God and even others, you know, you still be in that bracket until you've made that commitment with, you know, before God for life. And so if you're single and, and you're unmarried, you're still waiting. So you're waiting for a super good gift that you hope God gives you. Mm. And sometimes it's a really it's hard time. Hard. Of yeah. yeah. It's so hard. And I don't oh, think yeah. we can, like you said in your thoughts, Brian, I don't think we can gloss over the fact that sometimes it really feels like a cross to bear. It can be so lonely. It can be daunting. It can be discouraging. And I just want to focus for a second today, though, on how God doesn't actually call singleness a cross, you know, mm-hmm. in the Bible, mm-hmm. we see Paul tell us it's actually a gift. Yeah. And so I want to talk through a couple of things that we're called to wait on in singleness, and then a couple of reasons that waiting is actually a gift. So first off, what are you waiting on, you know, as an unmarried person? And, you know, I think the big elephant in the room is probably, you know, sexual pleasure. And you're called to wait on that gift. And, you know, I think in the world we live in right now, a lot of times that just seems unrealistic, right? You know, it's hard. There's a lot of temptation out there. And I just want to encourage anyone who's in this stage in this season, if God tells you, a command or or something that he wants you to follow, it's always possible. Mm-hmm. It's always possible through him. Mm-hmm. And his boundaries are never meant as a cruel barrier. Mm-hmm. I was actually really encouraged by that, by Lisa Tierkers in her book, Finding I Am. Really good Bible study that we've been doing actually in our ladies' Bible study at church at Doxa. Yeah. And she was saying that boundaries are protective restrictions meant to define where safe freedom is found. And we could talk all day about, you know, safe freedom 
and Mm -hmm. the ways that God means for us to have that. But that's where his boundary comes in for marriage, which is, we all know, you know, one man and one woman for life. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful picture of the gospel. You know, Mm -hmm. living as God means for us is really incredible and it's so worth the wait. Mm -hmm. And I know we can, I mean, you can say that as a dating person, even Brian, I know you can say that David as Mm -hmm. a happily married person, you know, it is so worth waiting for the right person. Yeah. In a, in a greater context too. I mean, this one definitely applies, but anytime God ever gives you a rule, Mm -hmm. it's always to protect you and it's never to take joy or pleasure away from you. Always. Yeah. So this is one of those that literally protects you from something that, yeah, in and of itself, mm-hmm. you can enjoy this for sure for this right. season, but it's a gift that is really fully realized in a marriage covenant. And it's, and it's like, it's protecting you to fully enjoy that to the fullest extent. Right. 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 So, And you know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the, uh, I'm going to give a tiny shout out here to the porch podcast. Have you ever heard? Yeah, I've heard of that one. It's yeah. for single people and it's so good. I actually really recommend it. A single friend of mine recommended it to me and I listened to some and it was encouraging to me. And they're, they're super honest, but one of the guys on there was saying that he was talking about if you're single, you know, don't actually don't take something from your future season for Mm. your season now, because that's meant to be so special and it's actually made even more special by waiting. Mm. And, you know, something I always tell people is you're always going to wait for something, Right. And you're honestly building some spiritual muscle when you're able to have restraint or say no or live in a boundary that God has given you, again, for your Mm. own own good, your own freedom, so that you're not in the bondage of sin. But if you can't say no now, it doesn't get easier, right? You are always saying no to something. When you're married, you're saying no to everyone else. Yeah. So if you can't say no when you're single, that'll be hard then. Yeah. You know, for those for those who are listening, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out here right now listening who you've already, you know, you've already been in that lifestyle that we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to feel shame for that. We don't want you to no. feel like you've blown it and now, oh, now I can never, like, no, no, no. That's not what we're saying at all. Like, even if you're in a relationship right now, mm-hmm. like, it's actually okay. And it's actually would be a really great thing for your relationship to just say, hey, I feel like we need to actually kind of change mm-hmm. what we're take doing right back. now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, take a step back and let's let's set up some more fence posts and some guidelines and some that right there. Yeah, getting that will help you. So let's say your relationship right now does turn into a full lifetime commitment of marriage. You will be so thankful you did that right now. Yeah it's going to set you up for major like success and ability to trust each other on a deeper level. Oh yeah. Even then. Right. I believe it. And you know, too, it's, that's why we need community and walking alongside each other because none of those conversations and none of these ideas should be shameful. It, Mm -hmm. It should be something where, we're honest and open with each other with our struggles, all mm-hmm. of us, you know, mm-hmm. whether we're married or single mm-hmm. and we're coming alongside each other and we're just encouraging each other and say, how are you doing in this? You know, it yeah. should never, I think we should have these conversations, but it should never be coming down on people. It should be coming alongside, you know? Absolutely. So the other thing is, you know, you're waiting on that really close emotional bond and that's a really hard one to wait on. 
But just like Brian said, you know, again, only God can fully satisfy the longing of your heart, right? Um, His water is from the well that will never run dry. And I think it's so beautiful. Have you ever thought about uh, the reason of why he must have spoken those words to the woman at the well? You know, a woman who is trying to fill her life with relationship after relationship. Mm. You know, obviously she was looking for something, but he called her to, you know, repentance, to stop sinning, but he called her to a relationship with himself that would satisfy. You know, I... My water is from a well that will never run dry. And we're promised that, just like you said, Brian. So why is waiting a gift, guys? First Corinthians 7, you know, it tells us that an unmarried person is actually able to be fully devoted to God. Mm, yeah. And I was going to talk about that passage too, for it's sure. It's a beautiful passage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so I won't go all in because we're going to talk about that again. But I just want to say, guys, I personally have been so, so encouraged and strengthened and built up in my life through single people that have been willing to do that, Mm. to use their time, use their resources. Mm. I mean, I just, I literally tear up thinking about how much those relationships mean to me. And I want you to know whether or not you have been given this gift of marriage yet, you have so many gifts to give and do not discount that because you you can seriously encourage people. And I know I have been just so, so helped by single friends that have truly impacted my life for good. So yeah. I just look up to them for that. I love them and I need them. I need them in my life. I think we all do. In that passage in 1 Corinthians 7, specifically verses 32 through 35, it talks about maximizing the eternal mission that you have without the earthly anxieties that that people who are in a marriage relationship or have children they have like i mean there's way more things that that are pulling us away that keep us from doing some of the things that when you're single you can still do and that is the gift like right. it's it's not something to be looked down on like cherish that season of your life because you're not going to have it forever, most likely. Right. You know? Right. One day I'll have a mortgage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you will, and it'll be stressful. You will be able ways. to play basketball every night or video games or, yeah. you know, right. like, yeah. <laughs> some enjoyment in that. You no know? more Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> when you're changing all those diapers, you'll be like, man, those are the good old days. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. And but, honestly, um, married people still feel lonely too. Like, it's, bro, oh, yeah. it's oh, wow. for everyone. Every, Again, you know. it doesn't change the same longings, the same waiting, yeah. that same needings, fulfillment, and God, it never changes. But, um, just please know guys too, and any listener out there, if you're part of a, a local church, this is something that I feel really passionately about because I think a lot of single people feel sidelined in mm-hmm, the church. Yeah, mm-hmm. You hear that. Church has done a bad job of that. Over and over. Right. And right. you know, I want people to know there is a place for you. You can use your gifts. You can use your talents. Mm-hmm. You can use your leadership skills in Amen. the church. And I think a lot of singles feel out of place because they aren't in that very comfortable little box. And they're almost not a full person. until You know, like mm-hmm. they're not used to be leadership or be... And the church does a disservice when they, when they make singles feel that way. I mean, I don't think our church 
does that because I mean we have some awesome singles. Oh, I oh, yeah. think our church is doing a great job of that, and and yeah. I'd love to hear that from you know single people. But I know in, in my life group we yeah. have a lot of incredible single people, and I know they've said I'm so glad I'm not just sectioned off mm-hmm. and not able to have relationships with you know married people and. All ages, you know, I, I think we need relationships within the church with all, you know, ages and all stages. And yeah. Yeah. I think they feel that, that they're loved and needed and used in the stage. But yeah. um, just to, you know, wrap it up, I think we really do have to fight that. I know we fight that at our church, but everyone else too, if you're not single, you know, be aware. Yeah. You know, reach out to single people, love them the same as other people, the same as other people in, you know, your stage of life. Don't just stick with people that are in the same age bracket or whatever is you. Yeah. We all need each other. Reach out. Hey, the single people keep you young. They're going to. I love them. I (laughs) mean, seriously, I would rather talk about, you know, some of those interesting things and how many diapers I changed today. (laughs) You know, are you kidding me? So, uh, so single people and all of us, don't be stuck in sin, you know, live for God, walk with him today. Thank God for this gift, choose contentment, and then keep your eyes fixed on eternity. You know, worship God Mm -hmm. while you're waiting. I love that song. And that's for all of us Mm -hmm. at the same time, whatever we're going through, whatever we're waiting for, worship in that and you'll be content. So last Sunday morning, I came into church early and I was doing something that as I was doing it, I'm thinking only a church planting pastor would ever be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it was something that you don't want to do when you're trying to prepare your heart to preach a sermon. But I was building an Ikea chair for the pre-K room. Oh, no. and, uh, it, was, it, was, it was basically my fault. Like I had brought the Ikea chair to church like during the week because I thought I was going to do it and I didn't have the, the right screwdriver for oh, it. I kept yeah, bra- you have to have those little yeah. ones. Yeah, I kept forgetting to bring that. I kept putting it off and Julia's like, it's really going to help the pre-K room. You re-, like, I, I really got the code from my wife that I better do it. <laughs> so uh, here I was Sunday oh, morning. Dear. And honestly, I'm thinking Ikea instructions are literally the worst. There's there's no words. There's just pictures. And as you're building this piece of Ikea furniture, you just, you just want to like say, could I please get a little bit more like help from you? Yeah. <laughs> like Ikea, please, like from hotline. Sweden. Like, I don't care if you even put, if you put it in, in a different language, I would look it up. Like I need something besides this little, this little, we, we call them, um, what is the candy? What is the candy that- uh, Sweetest fish? Not a Swedish fish. <laughs> Oh, it's Sour Patch Kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sour Patch Kids. Those so are good. that's basically IKEA instructions if you haven't ever had IKEA instructions. But there's a pastor who is a pastor of a church called Passion Church in Washington, D.C. His name's Ben Stewart. And he wrote an incredible book called Single Dating Married. And the subtitle is Navigating Life and Love in the Modern Age. And he said this in that book. He said that dating is more like sailing across an ocean than it is like assembling a desk from Ikea. (laughs) And it's so true. Those confusing step-by-step directions don't work when the environment, like the dating environment is constantly changing and it's 
moving from one area to the next, it's ebbing true. and flowing. So and, much to navigate. Yeah. It's a lot. It's like you got to know some key principles to help you. You're not going to get turn-by-turn directions that tell you exactly what to do. No. Who knows the storms you're going to encounter? <laughs> Everyone's oh, different. Exactly. Right. Oh, Every yeah. encounter. So Every I just wanted to share a few Basically, they're principles. Like some of these I learned, some of these I read in, in this this Ben Stewart book. But this is something that I think will help how you however you navigate the confusing, the exhilarating, or the the desperate situation that you could be in as a single. I've shared with the church in the past. You know, specifically when we were going through that called out series in First Corinthians just a few months ago, how hard it was for me when I was single. Yeah. Like I met Julie when I was 26 and we were married when I was 27. And that doesn't necessarily seem like a long time to wait. Like in today's day and age, I'm sure there's probably some singles that are in their thirties that are listening to this, but the entire seven years that I lived in Greenville as an undergrad and a grad student, I had no steady dating relationships and like everybody around me mm-hmm. was dating or getting married. Mm-hmm. It was like that, mm-hmm. that Christian subculture, you know, mm-hmm. that's just, just so. And you're all, all in the it. same age group. So yeah. it's just the season of life that everyone's in. Yeah, exactly. And Stuff. back Back in 2010, that's when I first met my wife, Julie. I had a roommate who was just a couple years older than me. He had gotten saved later in life in the Navy, uh, just, you know, different background. And, and we, you know, we were both renting out this, this house and we were both single. We we're both lovesick. Like we both <laughs> yeah. would, would like come I home from work. Days. Yeah. yeah. We would like crank up the, the Andre Bocelli and work out. <laughs> like, and we were both like trying to figure it out. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, so wh- some of the things that I learned and that we talked about a lot, because those, those hours and those days are still very much you know, embedded into my memory as well. I know exactly what the struggle is like right. is something that Brian was talking about. Your identity should never be dependent on your dating status. Mm. Right. Like that's the first thing you got to understand. And, and going back to that first Corinthians seven, verse 17 says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to them mm. to which right. God has called them. Right. And that's the truth. The truth is, you know, you don't have to have a significant other to find value. Of course not. Mm, your value is in Jesus Christ. Embrace your calling. You know, back when I had that sermon on First Corinthians 7, my two points in that sermon were marriage is a gift with challenge and purpose. Yes. And then the second point was singleness is a gift with challenge and purpose. Right. They're the same. And that's a foundational point. There's nothing wrong with being single. Live it one day at a time for the glory of God. You know, don't hold back. Don't limit yourself. Don't think I'm going to just have to wait before I can step into this leadership position. No, none of that. Like just live your life for the glory of God. That's what our podcast is about. Right. And then another principle, this is one that I had learned a little bit earlier though. I really, it really helped me. And it was from, First Timothy 5, 2, where Paul is kind of giving some instructions to Timothy, who's a young man who's stepping into this new leadership role in his church and how to address like each type of person in his church. And he says to treat younger women as sisters. I mean, ladies, 
that means also for you, if you want to just apply it for yourself, to treat single young men as you would a brother in Christ. Right. Hmm. So, so consciously fight viewing every single person as a prospective date. That's so true. Like, yeah. So true. Because if, if you're treating them like a brother or a sister, mm-hmm. you're not thinking, oh, would I go out with that person? Right. Like, how? You know what? It takes pressure off of it too. When you're yeah. actually having good relationships that are like brother, sister, centered on Christ, you're actually able to get to know those people mm-hmm. and their heart better. You're not trying to put on this kind of fake facade of totally. I'm dateable and I like the things you like. You know, I mean, obviously there's going to be some of that. Oh yeah, because right. the other person right. can tell. But they can yeah. tell. Yeah. And building that real relationship first is so healthy and so good. Yeah. Right. Because you're taking this emotional flirty level out of it at the beginning, mm-hmm. which this is this is what really helped me. Like when I just made the decision, okay, on my first couple of dates here, I'm not gonna flirt with this girl. I'm just gonna be like a brother would be. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of dates, it didn't work out, but you know what? We could still be friends after right. that. And it didn't get super awkward because we hadn't like done those same things, mm-hmm. those same tropes that really hurt feelings and right. really make it awkward. That's a really good point. Another principle, enjoy the ride. Uh, when you hike, there's basically two ways to do it. You can rush and panic and just try to get there as fast as you can and worry that you missed your turns. Or you can take your time and enjoy the sights. You can sit down and take a breather. You can have lunch at the pretty spot. I, I went on a hike with our church just a few months ago. We had a Renew Adventure and I had this chance, like I knew I needed to get home and everybody was just relaxing up at the top of the waterfall. It was beautiful. But I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to head out a little early. And I'm like, wait a minute. Next time I go hiking, I'm probably going to have my boys with me. They're going to like be slow. Mm. This is probably one of my last chances for a while to just run down this mountain. And it had taken us about an hour to hike up to the waterfall. And I decided to run down the mountain <laughs> like an idiot. And I ran I down this mountain oh in five minutes, like an hour hike up, a five wow. minute run down. Whoa. That's exhilarating, but right there. It really was. It really. I Good was thing like, you Whoa. didn't break your other arm from yeah. your superhero yeah. move a yeah, few thanks. years back. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I was so exhausted after that. Like I, I was I sweating. I was out of breath, and literally my legs were shot for the, like the next four days. Like wow. my legs were that. like rubber because I hadn't hadn't worked it out. And I mean. Rules of dating have become ambiguous and uncertain. Dating should be associated with words like fun, exhilarating, and uplifting. But far too often, the words I hear associated with dating are, I'm sad, I'm exhausted, I'm just stressed out. And it's because we're not enjoying the ride. It's we're like, we got to rush through this. Mm-hmm. I got to get down. Da- I got to get to my destination. I know if I'm going to marry five this person. Minutes. Yeah, right. Like, I totally see what you're saying because uh, like- even before Rachel, I went I went on a date with this one girl about a year before I even met Rachel. It ended up yeah. not working out, but you know, we we went to the zoo and <laughs> it was a good time. Sure. Like those memories, those good memories that yeah. I have of that date, they don't have to be like clouded by just like the sadness that it didn't work out. I mean, no, it was a fun time. Yeah. And like you know, I even got a good song about it. Like song, <laughs> yeah, I got a good song out of it. That yeah. I wrote. Hey, that's like, worth it right there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny. I, we, me and Ben joke about this all the time, actually. He, we were the exact opposite in our dating lives. Ben uh-huh. would have to 
date every person, like actually be dating them, even if he didn't really like them enough because he just thought, well, I have to give them a chance and they like me, so I'm going to date them. And I Ben was, had a lot of girlfriends. He had a lot of girlfriends, <laughs> yeah. but then he had to break up with a lot of girls because he was trying to make it happen and it wasn't right, but oh, no. I'm not throwing you under the bus, sweetie. He says that about himself, but but the I was the opposite and that I honestly just was... It was probably a bad thing. I was too afraid of really commitment probably, but I had a lot of just good friends and I was always kind of like, Oh, I don't want to ruin the friendship to actually Mm -hmm. try it. Cause then, but I will say that through that time in my life, I've come out of it. I have so many good friends. I mean, Mm -hmm. to this day, I can see some of those people that maybe there was a little weirdness here and there, but we were able to really have a good friendship and it was edifying. And I'm actually really thankful for a lot of those times. So yeah, that's mm. awesome. That's cool. I mean, the path to love, it can be painful. We all know this. Yes. yes. But there is a way to navigate it that allows you to avoid some of that needless pain. And that's all I'm saying is like, enjoy the ride. Don't put so much pressure on it. Um, that's good. If you're going at it from this angle of, I'm not going to be super flirty. I'm not going to just like look at every person as um, this is make it or break it. Like <laughs> be a brother, be a sister, and then go on to the next step Just if you need to. Just guarding your heart right. for the right thing in the right time Yeah, that God provides. Yeah. And then, I mean, this is a big one. I could spend a lot of time on this, but I'm just going to like give it to you. Keep in mind the purpose of dating. The purpose of dating should be a process to move forward to evaluate if this person's someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. Right. Like the purpose of dating, if if you're doing this the right way, I don't think you're just going on a date for fun. Like, oh, he's cute. I'll right. go out with him. Right. Oh yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You can really get off track if that's what you're doing with with dating. It is something where you are evaluating, do I want to marry this person? And that should be the reason you're dating them. And then if you realize it's not the right thing, you can be friends with that person. Right, right. So invite the God of the universe into the process. Uh, allow the truth about who he is to influence your thoughts and actions. Prayer frees you from the terror of being alone. And praying to God protects you from compromising your standards. Mm-hmm. You can relax and enjoy every moment because you rest in the knowledge your strong and loving God is leading you in a good way. And when you have a clear connection with God, you can see people as precious creations that are made in his image. These aren't people just to use, right. but they're people to honor. Right. Mm. And ultimately Jesus loved and died for them. Yeah. And they have innate and immense worth and value. We all do to him. So we need to treat each other that way. I mean, all of us. Exactly. A couple quick last ones here, uh, just principles to help you as you don't want to do the Ikea thing. You want to just navigate this, you know, (laughs) like you're sailing a ship because it does get choppy out there from time to time. Uh, This is more like a YouTube video. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. I learned how to change a tire for the first time by a YouTube video. There's many things you can learn on YouTube. That's for sure. Right. In dating, it's also crucial to provide clarity to the other person. You know, in Ephesians 4, Paul says that one of the hallmarks of people 
that know Jesus, that walk with Jesus, is that they speak truth in love. And Proverbs 24, 26 says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. It is a sign of respect and it's, and it's a way that we love one another to tell someone the truth. So really this is a big one with dating, but I believe that we have to muster up the courage to graciously tell the other person what you think, Mm -hmm. how you feel, what you'd like to do next. This is you don't like them, so you're not leading them along. Yeah. Yeah. Ghosting is bad. Mm -hmm. It makes it so much worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Julie and I had this, and this is honestly what held our relationship together in the beginning was I was kind of at the stage of life where it's like, if it doesn't work out with this girl, I don't know what I'll do, but I'm moving away from Greenville and I don't even care. Like, so I was just really open and honest with her from the outset. And she had been in multiple relationships up to that point where everything was hazy. It was totally Mm -hmm. confusing. Mm -hmm. She had no idea what the guy was really thinking. He would lead her to believe one thing and then like disappear. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just like, so- so maybe, maybe you're out there ladies and you're like, yes, like I would love to hear, hear mm-hmm. some clarity from a guy. Mm. Maybe the same, same thing in the other end. Like maybe guy, maybe you're yeah. serious and the girl's like giving major mixed messages and not literally being clear with her. She says, mm. and yeah. if you don't know where you stand, just let him know. I really don't know right now. Like mm-hmm. I want to give it a little bit more time or I want to take a break. Like it's just important to let them know what your intentions are. And if you know what your intention is, I really think if you're dating in a sense of like, I want to see if this is going to work for marriage, you got to be honest about it. Right. And that will really, really And ultimately help. you're just, it's the same as making any decision, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're walking with God, you're in the word, you're getting godly counsel to speak into your life. And then you're making decisions. You're making wise decisions as you walk with God. Yeah. And sometimes if you don't know, like just move, move yeah. on. If yeah. you really don't know if you like someone enough, you probably don't. Right. You know? Yeah. You if you're can having, work through stuff. Exactly. But, and, exactly. And guys, seriously, girls respect that. You know, just going for it. I know mm-hmm. it was the same with me and Ben. I, w- I was like, hey, you had the guts to tell me you liked me. Say you wanted to get to know me. I'm going to get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. You yeah. know? I mean, my wife told me on like our third date, we would never be more than just friends. Like, she just <laughs> said took that. it as a challenge. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of relationship we had. We'll and then, see. And then we just Great. backed way off for look a few at months. You now. And look at us now, three kids later. But uh, the last principle really for dating, uh, we could spend a lot of time on this one too. We won't. It's, it's between believers in Christ. I think it's really foundational Very that you key. have that. Bible is Very super key. clear that you're not, you don't marry someone who's not a believer. So right. if the purpose of dating really is to see if you're going to marry somebody, don't don't date an unbeliever if you're a Christian. Do not date someone to get them to Jesus. You know, they Yeah. Yeah. They need to already Let Jesus want Jesus. Jesus is going to change them, not you. Right. Like right. ultimately, right. like you can you can brush up their surface for a little bit, mm-hmm. but like only Jesus Christ is going to change their heart. Right. As Christians, we should know that, but sometimes it's hard to actually remember that in the moment. I was just talking to a friend about that literally today, how it's so different when you have a relationship with someone that also loves God, because it literally, you're closer that much even faster because you have the same 
love in your heart. You have the same focus in your life and it's just awesome. It's so different. She was just saying, it's so different and it's so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're both going in the same direction. One of you doesn't have to like turn back around and go the other way to go like give some attention to the other. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, you know, you like analogies, pyramid analogy, right? You're getting closer to each other as you get closer to God. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, you know, cheesy, but it's true. Analogies are great. Absolutely. So (laughs) lastly, your goal should be to bless, not simply to impress. Like, just remember, Mm -hmm. this is a person made in the image of God, just like you. This is your brother and sister in Christ. This is a person with a soul. This is a person who you can be friends with, even if it doesn't work out. Enjoy those dates. And don't just try to build yourself up and pretend you're somebody you're not. But literally just look at it as I'm going to encourage my brother and sister in Christ here, no matter what happens, I'm going to, I'm going to just try to bless them. And I think that really takes the pressure off of so many of these relationships Mm -hmm. and it helps us in our walk with Christ um, as we do this with each other. Cause it is rough out there. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Our culture, our world, the weird Christian subculture that puts so much pressure on it. All those things are like against us. But don't don't feel the pressure. Just trust God. Your identity is secure in Him. And He has a perfect plan for you. So we have two questions this week. We have one for the ladies and one for the guys. Brian, what do you got here? Oh, so ladies, what is your favorite pickup line that a guy has used on you before? Ooh. <laughs> love it, love it. And then ladies, if you bonus bonus question, I mean, what's your personal best pickup line? Go ahead and just give us that too if you want what to. What pickup line is worked? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> on on the men, you mean. Right. I don't right. know if I've ever used a pickup line. It happens. On a man. It happens. <laughs> I'm sure I, I've, it I've gotten some pickup lines thrown my way before. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And then and then guys, like I mean, this was called in by a listener. Just kidding. It really wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Why aren't you asking out girls? Just Just that the girls want to know. The girls girls want to. Just ask. But also, guys, I would like to say that if you need a little push in the right direction, I would like to offer you my matchmaking skills because I've literally <laughs> helped a couple get married before. She Starting has. at twenty nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> exactly. Becca, aka Hitch, send your deep relationship in three months or your money back. <laughs> we have a Doxa matchmaking service. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's our new ministry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if you're enjoying this show and this podcast, please rate and review. Give us a subscribe. It actually really does help us out if you Mm -hmm. rate and review this podcast. But thank you for listening. You are loved.